the Psych and P podcast, where we talk all about the life and work of being a psychiatric nurse practitioner in various settings and types of practices. I'm your host, Matt Schroer, Rhymes with Flamethrower. On today's episode, we learn about working in a community mental health practice. Today's episode is in no way brought to you by a 17-minute long boat ride, but is brought to you by a future podcasting star. Elizabeth. Hello. It has been so long since I've seen you in person. I was thinking the other day, it was before your baby was born. It I know. It was like, what was it, August or was it I don't remember, July? but I was very pregnant and I was at your house eating dinner and it was awesome. Yeah. And we sat on the back porch, so it wasn't crazy hot. Mm-mm. Did we have our dog? You had, no, I, I noticed the absence of dog. Oh, you did. You did. Okay. So it was after your first dog passed. Yes. Sweet thing. So we have Ellie now, who is, I think, reincarnated um, from Lola before. Perfect. So she decided, I need to be everything that in my pug form that I cannot be. So I'm going to be tall and lean, and I can jump on counters and swipe oh, things, because yes. that's what she does all Finally. the time. Yes. <laughs> that's yes. so sweet. Oh, but before that... It was pandemic, and mm-hmm. so we hadn't seen each other in a really long time before that. I know. It is weird. I feel like the pandemic was this crazy time warp of, yeah. especially when you see people's kids after the pandemic, <laughs> you like, in your mind, you're like, oh, this is going to be a two-year-old, and then it's like a five-year-old now, yeah. four-year-old, yeah. however well, many years it's been, four-year-old. I mean, literally the last time I saw you, you didn't have a human, and right. now you do. <laughs> I do. And she's six months old. And I know we're recording, and I do have a very extroverted baby, so she's upstairs, and you might hear her babbling from there. She is adorable. And, she likes and she, to talk. She's allowed to be on the podcast. She wanted at, to be on the podcast so badly that I banned her upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> at any time, she can be on the podcast. Yes. I love it. So, welcome. Thank you. This has been, and people are going to be so sick of me saying this, so I'm saying it again, everybody, but <laughs> I love just sitting down and talking with people that I feel like I know well. Yes. And know a lot of their background mm-hmm. and a lot of their history, but getting to learn new things about them. That's, we don't really often ask those questions just yeah. in normal day-to-day life, so that is fun. Yeah. So I've asked you lots of questions about mm-hmm. your work and your life and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but some of these things, I just, it comes out naturally and it's great and I love yeah. it. So you did the pre-specialty program. I did, yes. And you finished five years ago? Yeah, 2016 is when I finished. That doesn't seem possible. I know. <laughs> but, Again, time warp. Yes. What is happening? <laughs> well, I guess the last two years, you just kind of scratch it. It's yeah. like, it didn't, it didn't happen. <laughs> just erase. Yes. Yeah. So we all get to knock two years off of our age. I love it. Yes. Fantastic. I'm not 30 yet. Yeah. No, you're not at all. <laughs> you're still 28. It's perfect. So you, yeah, you did pre-specialty, but mm-hmm. you went to IU. And so my family all went to Indiana. I don't know if That's, you know that. I feel like I forgot that. Yeah. My mom, my dad, my mom and dad met in Bloomington. Okay, I did not know that. At some probably gross frat party somewhere. Yes. Yeah. That's so Bloomington. Yeah. And my <laughs> aunt, who's a nurse, went to nursing school at IU as well. Nice. It's yeah. a good program. Yeah. So you didn't go for nursing at all, did, did you? I did not. I did not at all. I went, as any 18-year-old or 17-whatever, High school senior is looking for colleges or looking for their career. <laughs> There's my baby. She's so loud. Um, <laughs> I had a knack and a 
I guess I enjoyed doing music and theater in high school. So my adolescent brain was like, okay, the one thing I enjoyed, that will be my career. Cool. Without really sitting down and broadly thinking what other options there were. So I ended up going to college for music, for theater, got there, enjoyed doing it, but realized, hey, now I'm at college. Everyone's good. (laughs) Wow. This could be a really difficult career. It could be disappointing. Some people make it. I'm happy for them. I just didn't see myself going that route. So I was there. I'm Way glad more I... more no's than yeses. E- right. And, and, and yeah. working Ugh. at night. And, and, and just, I think, icky, icky totally. types of people a lot of times. And it just has got to mess with your confidence. Anyway, mm-hmm. I just didn't want that for my career, for my life. Luckily, I was at a huge school that I could change my major. And I ended up doing psych, thinking about music therapy. Okay, I'm going to do music therapy. I'm still doing music, but I'm going to do it to help people. And then... I realized the music therapy jobs at the time, 2010 to 2014, weren't so, there weren't so many of them. Mm -hmm. So I kind of looked into it, realized that probably wasn't hiring either. (laughs) So I just finished out with psych with the thought of eventually going to get a graduate degree and doing either psychotherapy, psych nurse practitioning or something. So that was my journey. So you have a mom who's a nurse. I do. Yes. And she actually did help me. In my process, because I was thinking, okay, do I get a master's of social work? Do I get a PsyD? I don't know. I'm on the psych track. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, there's psychiatric nurse practitioners. I know it's the science part. It's different. But she kind of opened my eyes up to that field because I feel like I'd never heard of a nurse practitioner when I was in high school and college. I certainly hadn't. Yeah. I I was like, why? This is like the jackpot of all careers. I I know. So I'm just ecstatic that I weirdly, with my weird music path, found my way here. And one of my favorite stories is one of your best friends, both of your parents are nurses, mm-hmm. and, and you were friends since itty bitty. Mm-hmm. And you were both like, we're never going to be nurses. We're oh, never. never. And you're, now you're both nurses. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I am not going to do the same thing. I'm my own independent person. Of course. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. But, and it's so funny how we become our parents <laughs> yes. at some point, like how my parents just infuriated me uh-huh. all the time. And I look in the mirror and I'm like, that's my dad. <laughs> yes. And I'm like split of both my parents too. My sister is her own little personality. She's completely, mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I won't say black sheep. She's very welcomed, but she's very different. And I'm just mom and dad combined in many ways. <laughs> and your parents are lovely people. And, and if they ever want to adopt me, I will gladly <laughs> fill out whatever paperwork I I've need always to wanted do. a brother. Okay. So come on. Perfect. Done. <laughs> yes. So then you decided to go to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Um, did you apply anywhere else? I did. You know, I don't remember. It's kind of this like black hole in my mind. Yeah. I did apply to different programs. I was thinking, so most people say, how did you figure out to be a psychiatric nurse practitioner? And for me, it was what type of psych will I do? Yeah. So I actually applied for different types of programs too. I, I did apply for a PsyD program. Okay. I did apply for a master's of social work and I was hopeful about the Vanderbilt program yeah. and a couple other nurse practitioner programs. And so I'm really, really grateful I got yeah. in. Yeah. Because you're a national native. Mm-hmm, I am. Same. We're unicorns. We don't really exist. I, re- I know. Anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to stay here and, and do all that. Yeah. And the city has become way cooler since I was in high school when I moved back. So it was exciting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Bloomington or Nashville? You know, yeah. 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 I think probably Nashville. It, it's, Bloomington's it's fine. Good. I think I went one time and my mom was like, this is where I threw up one time. I'm just <laughs> right. telling stories about when she and right. my dad were hammered. I'm like, great. I don't <laughs> even know that. that stuff about you, Thank mom. Thank you for that visual. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, what wildly inappropriate for me to tell some of the things that my mom used to tell me in high school, but I won't do that. Um, 
Because then we'll have to put an explicit tag on right. the... Oh my God, my mom can never listen to this. Um, yeah. So you you finished five years ago, uh-huh. and then you started working in community practice. I did, yes. And you've been in community practice ever since. I have. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I am actually about to transition jobs, but I've really, really enjoyed my time at community mental health a yeah. lot. So tell me what drew you to working in community mental health. Sometimes it's like, oh, they're willing to hire me. Sure. It was part that, of course. Um Luckily, I was able to stay in Nashville. I know uh, Nashville's growing now, but at the time, 2016, there weren't a ton of jobs here. So I was grateful to find a job here. But really what drew me into it was the exposure. All jobs are good jobs. For me personally, I felt like starting community with a lot of broad backgrounds of clients, like Mm -hmm. very diverse socioeconomic status, very diverse backgrounds, very diverse in general. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have a lot of experience with you know thought disorders as well as anxiety depression personality disorders sometimes substance abuse and community mental health gives you all of that and so i liked working there just for the sheer exposure of psychiatric np skills yeah that is one thing that i tell students all the time and what i loved about starting off in community practice as well was i knew i wanted to work with kids but Mm -hmm. i didn't have a special niche of kids with X disorders. Right. I was like, I knew I wanted to do a lot of different things and, mm-hmm. and community practice really does do that because you see absolutely everything. Yeah. And it was nice too, because I entered into an established practice. So for anyone looking for a first job, I will say what helped me was knowing the onboarding process because mm-hmm. I was not just fed to the wolves. It was not, Hey, happy first day. Here's 10 clients. They did allow me to observe for a month while I was getting credentialed. And I technically started on it, started on as an RN, but I didn't do any RN skills. I really just got the RN pay while observing, getting in the chart, seeing clients, meeting them. And when I was credentialed, I finally got to see people and that was awesome. And then when they started giving me clients, it was at first, because they want to be successful, they want their nurse practitioners, their any of their staff to feel comfortable and able to do the job. I mean, that's what they anyone want wants. They to drown on day one. This is why this field is great, because everyone wants to succeed. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. music. <laughs> anyway, but the first clients I got were pretty stable clients on several medicines, sometimes one medicine. Anyway, it was nice to talk with someone who wasn't in crisis yeah. to say, what was it like getting here? What was it like getting on these medicines? And so that was, they did a great job onboarding me. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And I think that community practice, because they generally tend to be pretty large Mm -hmm. and have a lot of employees, know that the work that they're doing is difficult. And the onboarding does have to be pretty extensive. Right. Because you can't just toss someone brand new into this patient environment where they're seeing 30 people a day. Like, they're going to break. So I was, yeah, exactly. I was so grateful for the way they did that for me. And... The, the first clients were long established clients of that practice that everyone knew. Yeah. And so they said, okay, have this person, have this person. It'll be a, a nice ease into it. They've been fine for years. Yes. They're yeah. <laughs> truly so stable. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> well, and when I first started in community practice, I had done a lot of my clinical hours at the same organization mm-hmm. and the clinic manager was a therapist where I was doing my hours mm-hmm. and she became the clinic manager of another location. Right, there. Sure. And so she was like, I need a nurse practitioner. She knew I was finishing. Mm-hmm. She knew me. She knew that I wasn't a moron mm-hmm. and that I wanted to do good work. And so she's like, right. come join me That's here. Great. 
And, but there was that. There was this onboarding process. There was this, how can we make you successful? Right, because they want that. Yeah. And I hate the, th- the term of like, oh, you have to do your time before you get better jobs. No, it's a great job. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's different, and it comes with a challenge. its challenges for sure. Mm-hmm. However, as I said, they want you to be successful. You want to be successful. They often do hire new grads, which is great. Yes, yeah. And everybody does have to get started somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's, I'd sometimes say, you know, it may not be your forever home, Mm -hmm. but it's a really good place to be while you're developing your skills, building your confidence. Mm -hmm. And if you can hack it in community mental health, you can make it anywhere. Totally. And I, as I said a second ago, I am transitioning jobs soon. And I felt like interviewing now, five years in, I was very confident. And I am not generally a very confident person. (laughs) I really was grateful for that saying, okay, here's what I bring to the table, mm-hmm. feeling confident, feeling like, oh yes, that scenario, when they talked about in my interview, comfortable, that doesn't scare me. Yeah. So that's been lovely. I've talked to a bunch of people who work in very kind of niche environments, mm-hmm. but working in community practice, you can go anywhere. It and, can yeah. transition you to mm-hmm. any opportunity yeah. really that you want. Mm-hmm. And we were talking before we started recording about your transition away and mm-hmm. how you're going to miss your Medicare, Medicaid patients. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, these people, every single client anyone ever sees deserves so much. Mm-hmm. And so I will miss them. I know they're in good hands. Yeah. I mean, that's my people too. Right. And I've always worked in kind of community practices mm-hmm. my entire career, mm-hmm. but I, I love that there is equitable care yes. out there for people yeah. who can't afford some bougie practice somewhere. Well, and sometimes these, there are clients who are physically disabled, who truly can't get out of their house. Um, They're either doing telehealth or getting access rides there, but sometimes you're the only person they talk to for weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's such an honoring space to be in. Sometimes my sessions were, I knew the medicines wouldn't be touched and we still only have 15 minutes, but it's still a little bit of a catch up time. How are you doing? Tell me about your kids. Um, And it's always, everyone deserves to be listened to. Mm Mm-hmm. What I love about your styles, it's very conversational and it's very narrative based. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, let's go through this checklist and these check right. boxes and you are very conversational. Tell mm-hmm. me your story and I know everything that's going on with right. you and what I need to do to make adjustments right. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and getting a practice style takes time. You know, a lot of my practice style was figuring out how to do a session in 15 minutes because mm-hmm. um, you really got to, you got to stay on top of your day. I mean, you don't want to run three hours late. So I've, I've figured out how to do that. But also it's, it's a practice of charting too. And this is something you do learn in school and something you learn over time. Sometimes the things you're supposed to ask, quote, mm-hmm. I don't because I've kept my chart and I've looked at it and I know their history of hospitalizations and they haven't been to one since I've seen them. So yeah. I just keep that in the chart and don't ask them, but I know it's yeah. there. Yeah. Well, and being in a place as long as you have, you really build a long relationship with Mm -hmm. folks and you know them and Mm -hmm. you know what's different about them. You're not getting these snapshots Mm -hmm. of 15 minutes of Mm -hmm. you look distressed right now, but is this all the time or is this just right now? Yeah. Yeah. And I think in community practice, because a lot of those people, unfortunately, there can be a decent amount of turnover in those spaces. And so Mm -hmm. they're used to... New therapists, new providers, new case managers. Mm-hmm. My God, the case manager turnover sure. is, is it's a hard. It's a hard job. It's absolutely a hard job. <laughs> it it's they get paid garbage, and they're asked to do so much. There's so many. They have such a big caseload. Yeah, and they're so important mm-hmm. and do really difficult work. Yeah, a lot of times, mm-hmm. and I don't blame them. The turnover is, right. is so high, but these patients have 
just new people all the time. Constantly, I know. And when I left my other practice, and I don't, I don't know if you've experienced this at all, and you don't have to share it if, if you don't feel like it, but that was one of the hardest things about leaving mm-hmm. my job and transitioning yes. to another community practice was right. I felt like part of just a revolving door of people. Even though I'd been there for eight years, yeah, I felt like... I'm just another person that's leaving you, that's abandoning you. I know. It's I I you know, I've been five and a half, you were eight, which is longer than most. Yeah. So in dog I almost felt like you know, <laughs> fifty years or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I almost feel both. Like, yes, I am part of this revolving door, but because I've been around longer than most, they kind of didn't see it coming. Because <laughs> they're like, Oh, yeah. she'll be here forever. So it has been it's funny the response I'm getting from some clients. Some that I expected would be fine are so upset with me. <laughs> and again, I know they will be fine and are in great hands. But some people who I thought would have some attachment issues or have a hard time just are like, that's so great for you. Yay. And I take it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great. You can't be all things to all people. And it's important and okay for you to take care of you. Right. Like that's a reasonable thing. Mm -hmm. And part of termination and part of transition is a part of life. And Mm -hmm. so it's actually a really great opportunity Mm -hmm. to really help somebody in that process and learning to let go. I have one client in particular who's therapist in the past. This person has definitely some codependency issues. Mm -hmm. Their therapist left and they were unable to have a termination appointment. The therapist just kind of left. Mm. I don't know why. And she still won't see a therapist because of that. And that's very unusual. Yeah. However, I feel like having the conversation, hey, I am, I am leaving this practice. Here's the next plan has been great for them, even if it's. It changes hard for anybody, yeah. but even just having the straightforward, honest conversation. And I've learned that a lot in this position mm-hmm. to just be open, say no when you mean no, tell people your limits, be honest. It'll help you so much. And helps them too. Yes. It helps them to understand how to set appropriate boundaries. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be mean or nasty about it, no. but you can be consistent and you can be firm and you can say, I'm expressing what my needs are and mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen. And that's a really great lesson for a lot of people to yes. learn. Yeah. I feel like something that I would really encourage new graduates to do as they're starting a job or as they're looking for a job is to think about what their boundaries are. Mm-hmm. Because one of the advice pieces I would give myself if I'm looking back is start practicing how you want to continue practicing. Yeah. If you prescribe a medicine one time that you feel like is absolutely not the right thing. Maybe it's a high dosage of a benzodiazepine or something outside of prescription limits. That will never change. Or it might, but it'll be really hard. And then word will get around that you do that. Mm -hmm. I had this with dog letters. So people wanted me to give their, write letters about therapy dogs constantly. And because I did it a few times, then I had 20, 30 people asking for them. And so I finally, yeah. And I finally had to shut it down (laughs) because what if a dog attacks a child and my name's on it? Yeah. So boundaries, 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 communication, all of it. It helps you. It helps them. It's great. (laughs) Every year when I have kids go to college, they're like, I need to bring my cat with me. My cat is, if I can't have my cat, I'm like, I'll write you a letter for your cat. (laughs) But I probably shouldn't because I'll I'll be the cat guy. I did do a bunny letter recently. I felt like that was okay. (laughs) Oh, really? What For what? Like an emotional support rabbit? Yep. Hmm. And it had a human name. It was so funny. I thought, I'm doing this. Absolutely. What's a a rabbit going to do? Maybe I'm cursing myself saying this. <laughs> do they do they sell support bunny vests? 
on Amazon. I that would be so cute. It probably and would. I've been doing telehealth the past couple of years because of the pandemic. I've seen this rabbit several times in appointments, and it's it's a cute one. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> That's really funny. I read a study that talking about emotional support animals, and they there was no difference in the level of of anxiety calming that a fuzzy blanket was the was equivalent to. Oh yeah an animal. I think it's about the pet fee at apartments. That's probably true. I think that's absolutely right. <laughs> or to fly with their animal. Yes. No, I've, I've, yeah. <laughs> yes, I've signed many of those things too. Yes. Good boundaries. That's excellent. But you're right. If you start one thing, sometimes it's difficult to yes. stop. If you open that door, uh-huh. it's hard to close it again sometimes. Cause sometimes the hardest thing is to have a new patient and there should be vetting, you know, at whatever job you're at, it should mm-hmm. go through several channels to get to you, the medicine person. Yeah. And that's definitely for community. Some medicine only practices might not be that way, but most of the time there's an idea of what this client needs before they get to you. Yeah. The worst is when someone gets to you and it's absolutely something you're not comfortable with, whether it's a medicine you don't prescribe or mm-hmm. dosage limits way above what you want to do. If they're intoxicated something and you yeah. have to turn them away, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. However, it's, do you want to keep dealing with this prescription long-term or yeah. is this person the right fit for your practice? If it's not, that's okay. Yes. Just sometimes I get 10 minutes into the appointment. I say, this does not seem like it's going to be right fit. If this X prescription is the only thing you're looking for, mm-hmm. if you're looking for other solutions, I'm willing to continue this appointment. But if not, we should end now. And then they storm out of the building. Yeah. But guess what? That client is not in your practice and hopefully they will find help somewhere else. And I think that's really hard for somebody new to understand that like you can say no. Yes. You don't have to take everyone who comes Mm -hmm. to you. If you feel uncomfortable with the things that they're asking, if you Mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable or intimidated by them Mm -hmm. in any way, if there's somebody that's saying threatening things to you, you don't have to continue to see them. No, you don't. Yeah. And so I think, but I think a lot of times they're like, well, I'm the NP. I guess I have to do this, Mm -hmm. but you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have clients we really enjoy seeing and clients we don't particularly enjoy mm-hmm. seeing. That's how it goes. Yeah. But the ones that are either not the right practice, not the right prescriptions, not a good fit for your practice, inappropriate, all of that, that, that was a hard one to learn is, is yeah. say no up front yes. because then it'll just keep going and going. Yeah. And, and being able to speak to the people that you work with and work for right. about what your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. That's really, really important. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up. So what is a normal day for you? Sure. I see, I have four 10-hour shifts. Actually, now three 10-hour shifts. Okay. So it's a long day. Yeah. And I see clients every 15 minutes. Okay. That's a typical med check. So every day there's two new clients, two psychiatric evaluations. So that's an hour each. And everything else is 15-minute medicine visits. And then they're all in a row. I have some admin time, so note-taking time phone call time, whatever Mm -hmm. it wants to be that I've decided to put at lunch and at the end of the day. So it doesn't really feel like I have admin time because I take a lunch break because people should eat. Right. And then I leave if I'm done. (laughs) So yes, it's a generous amount of admin time, but it really, to me feels like just a steady intake of medicine visits and psychiatric Mm -hmm. evaluations. How many do you normally see per day? It really depends on the no show rate at community mental health. There typically is not a punishment for people if they no show. Like a, not a, a fee or anything. No, they can, can get rescheduled. Can, yeah. Like Medicaid won't reimburse for a no-show. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it's their ride or 10 care rides or something that got sure. them there late. Yeah. That's another boundary is don't take people late because <laughs> then you'll run late. Anyway, I 
sometimes have a lot of no-shows, sometimes not a lot of no-shows. Mm-hmm. So I'll see anywhere between, on a light day, maybe like 12 to 15. Okay. On a heavy day, maybe 18 to 24 okay. people. Yeah. That feels about right. Mm-hmm. That kind of where I was most of the time. Mm-hmm. When I left, I was doing two 10, 10 and a half hour days or something like that. But I, I could see potentially 37 patients a day. Ooh. And I think 34 was the most that I ever saw in one day. And wow. it was awful. Yeah, it was impossible. And I didn't feel like I was providing good care. No, you're I, exhausted. Yes. I was just a well-oiled prescription factory. Yeah. And I was like, you can't say anything mm-hmm. more than what you've already said. I recognize there's other things going on. There's nine other people out there waiting for and My me. brain can't take it. Yeah. Yeah. So that in and of itself, I think, is where a lot of people get really tired yes. with community mental health. That's it's just one the, of the downfalls. It's, it's just, just the sheer volume. Yes. And it's never ending. Right. They're just more and more people all the time. Oh, I haven't had an unscheduled appointment slot maybe ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, at, at least for years, right? right. Yeah. So, the onboarding was good, but not for years. <laughs> yeah. Once you get... You get going. Yeah. Once you get your, your running lungs developed, like <laughs> right. they're, they're going to keep making you go. Yeah. So that is one of the, the downfalls. Mm-hmm. And I think where a lot of people get tired mm-hmm. is just the pace. Right. Some people love it. And some people like, I would get bored if I had to sit and do 30 minute appointments mm-hmm. with people. And I really like seeing as many people as I see. There's some mm-hmm. people who love that and really thrive on that. I know yeah. people who've worked in community mental health forever and ever and ever and, mm-hmm. and can't really see themselves doing anything differently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think that is one of the places where people are like, ugh, I can't do this all the time. Well, it can be challenging because you can be therapeutic. You can mm-hmm. listen. You can ask about their day. Sometimes that's my favorite question is, tell me how you spend time. Because then maybe I can give some feedback, like, you know, catch a hobby or two. You know, we might feel better. But I also have the space to say, I am so glad you brought this up. That seems challenging. And it's something you should work on with your therapist. Yes. Not only because we don't have time for it, but also I am not a trained therapist. It would be a disservice to you if I tried to give you CBT because I don't know how. (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah, a lot of solution focus, brief Mm -hmm. therapy, problem solving, Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. We end up doing that, and I do that all the time, too. I, in my practice, have the luxury of 20-minute appointments, so, so an extra generous five minutes. Honestly, life-changing. No, it really <laughs> is. I mean, when you add a bunch of five minutes to the day, it really does help. Uh-huh. And having that kind of extra time to be able to talk to people and just ask those things mm-hmm. lets you do a little bit more therapy. Yes. Um, that extra five minutes definitely yeah. can help. But you can do it in 15 minutes. You can, yeah. do, you can be very therapeutic. Well, and maybe you use, you finish in 17 and you have three luxurious chart minutes. Yes. Where you, where yes. you do your charting. Yeah. <laughs> What's a great day in community practice for you? Oh, that's such a good question. I don't know if I could say day per se, because I hate saying like, oh, yay, when people don't come to their appointments, it's a good day. <laughs> because, you know, I like what I do. I yes. want to help people. Yes. But I'd say rewarding appointments, I guess, are when people have really put the effort in. We are specialists. We're not just here for a physical. Anytime you go to a specialist, there's probably something wrong going Mm -hmm. on. So people come to you in a hard place and it's sad or just had their first manic break and it's shocking to their life. So the rewarding part is when they come back and they say, wow, this medicine we've tried, this therapy I've been doing has changed my life. I feel better. Mm -hmm. I'm doing things. I feel connected to my family. That's rewarding. Yeah. That's a good day when there's appointments like that, when there's things you can see that you're actually making a difference. And even if they don't get better, you're still making a difference. But sometimes it is a a bit rewarding to 
see the progress. Yeah. And instilling hope in someone who Mm -hmm. maybe didn't have any before and somebody who everything in life is completely stacked against Mm -hmm. them. Man, there's sometimes, and I like to be, another part of my style is to give people options. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If they're appropriate for an SSRI, I might say, here's a little bit about Prozac. Here's a little bit about Zoloft. Is there one you want to do? Yeah. That can give them some agency, let them choose. For sure. Especially if I don't really think one or the other will be better. It's a nice collaborative practice to do that. And I actually really forgot where I was going with this point, but there you go. That's something I I do. (laughs) But I think a lot of people in community practice have an experience of people talking at them. Yes. Rather than talking with them and saying, what do you want to do? Yeah, it's How nice. do you want your, your treatment to go? What do you prefer? Mm-hmm. And I think that helps with adherence. It does. Oh, and I remember my point now. Yay, my postpartum <laughs> brain is, is reestablishing itself. <laughs> but sometimes when someone has gone through such intense trauma, things that you or I, it just blows my mind hearing people's stories sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So hard. And so if someone's had a particularly traumatic experience, death of a child, something like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm not really sure if medicine really will help in the astute Mm -hmm. reaction of that. But sometimes just the fact that I'm saying, hey, I know you've done six medicines. We can always try another one. I will be honest, sometimes people don't respond to them. But so sometimes just knowing I'll keep working with you, you know, even if you're not feeling better, I'll keep working with you. I'm still here. Yeah. And another great thing about community practice is they tend to be pretty resource rich mm-hmm. as far as the types of providers that work in that practice. Mm-hmm. So being able to refer to therapists who are down the hall yeah. that you know mm-hmm. and can say, you should go see Tom because Tom's a great therapist. Yes. Or that kind of thing. Or actually, we do have a grant for people who need eyeglasses. <laughs> yeah. Here yeah. you go. I'm going to email someone. Yeah. Or getting connected with, we work with somebody who has primary care practice. Mm-hmm. Or where I work that has primary care embedded. Right. Actually, it's the other way around. Like psychiatry is Im- embedded into primary care. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to have those kinds of resources available. Yeah where working in an independent practice by yourself if you know therapists that's great Mm -hmm. but if you don't know someone who this person could afford or is a network for them or whatever then you're scrounging around and trying to find those things on your own i mean sometimes people say i can't afford my medicine and i'm thinking oh gosh they've given you the wrong price and it's no it's a dollar but they still can't afford it so it's it's nice to offer services to people that are in situations like that yeah the creative problem solving that you have to do in Ooh. community practice is a Telling lot. <laughs> yeah. That's a perfect example of, well, what do you mean you can't afford your medicine? It's only a dollar. Like I see you smoking cigarettes, <laughs> but I mean, sometimes the priority is, I know. yeah, I, I've told this before, but there was a time where I had a kid who was in state's custody. Dad had some mental health issues, mm-hmm. went back to live with dad and he had put on a ton of weight when he went back to live with dad. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about, healthy diet and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, if you're going to have chicken, I would do chicken breasts and you can broil them or bake Mm -hmm. them. He looks at me and he's like, the thighs are 59 cents a pound doc. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't say anything to that. Yeah, you can. Just the creative problem solving that you have to do and recognizing that for someone, a dollar is, it might as well be $10,000. Yeah. What's a bad day in community mental health? You know, Some of the hard days are 
Yeah, and, and I'm going to be honest, when everyone shows up and you've seen <laughs> yeah. 25 people, I mean, it can be exhausting. Yeah. So that can be a hard day. Rewarding pockets, certainly, but when you go home, you're feeling particularly tired. Mm-hmm. A hard day, too, is the people that come in that want something and you can't give it to them. And they complain and they storm out of the office. And I mentioned this earlier, but I'm, I used to be kind of a, a demure personality type and, and would think everything's my fault and, oh my gosh, but sometimes it's just like, it's going to happen no yeah. matter what. Yeah. You, you, but it's still, ugh, it's tough. not fun. No. It's, it's not fun ever. You learn a little bit to have pretty tough skin. Mm-hmm. And I've been called every name in the book. Oh, I've sure. Been threatened. Listen, if you've never been fired by a client, you're probably doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Yes. Or someone, you know, calling you MF or, or oh, something yeah. like that. Wait, uh, children calling you that. That's fun too. Or, I um, want the doctor. Okay. Yeah, sure. Listen, Go for it. Try it. Yeah. I, mean, I will get you transferred. They're probably going to tell you the same thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yes. So that is a hard day. I mm-hmm. think just seeing so many people back to back to back, yeah. but seeing so many broken people yeah. over and over and over again. And for me, part of that was I just felt kind of useless sometimes mm-hmm. Yeah. and really trying to... I'm trying to do whatever I can, but this is not really making a dent in things. Yes. And really had to have kind of a mind switch of I'm doing the best I can. These are really difficult situations Mm -hmm. and I'm trying my best to get people connected with the resources that can be helpful. And these are baby steps Uh and readjusting my idea of what progress is. Yes. You're not going to climb the mountain overnight. It's step by step. That changed my life when Mm -hmm. I realized I have a certain amount of time with these people. And I give my all, I do my best in those 15 to 30 to one hour, whichever time slot you have, I give my all. There is literally nothing I can do for this person unless I'm sitting there talking to them. So yeah. it helps me not take it home. Yeah. Now, I saw them. If they need to make another appointment, they will. Mm-hmm. But I, there's nothing I can do now. How long did it take you to do that before you stopped taking people home? I feel like it's since it's a lot of clients <laughs> in community, fairly quickly, just yeah. based on how do I make this work for myself? How do I survive? Pretty quickly. I would say within a, within a year, I was like, okay. Yeah. Yep. I did it. Nothing else I can do. It's Saturday. I don't have appointments today. I'm going to live my life. Yep. I'm going to live my life. Yeah. I did my best in those minutes. Mm-hmm. That's what I have. Yeah. And that's where I got was I did my absolute best in the moment, mm-hmm. gave my all when I could. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much that I can do in that where other people have to really take charge of their own care. Mm-hmm. And, and not to say that you don't care anymore or of you course. kick people like it's your fault you feel this way. Mm-hmm. You just have to know what you can and can't do. Yeah. And always working to connect people with ways in which they can better their lives. Mm-hmm. But mine was always readjusting what I thought where this person needed to be Mm -hmm. because I grew up in a privileged environment right? and I didn't worry if I was going to eat or where I was going to sleep or if all all the things that I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. our clients really worry about. And so for me, it was, well, they have to be like me. They have to go to college and get a four-year degree and then get a job and buy a house. And for some of them, maybe that's not a realistic or fair goal for them to have. But to say, you know what? You haven't been in the hospital in six months. Mm-hmm. That's amazing progress. And you went on one walk this week. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So celebrating real, being being able to be really happy about really small victories. It, may, it means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is funny <laughs> talking about just 
having those boundaries and remembering how the space in which you can help people and the space in which they are five years later i have great boundaries i'm proud of that right mm-hmm. that's a huge accomplishment for me but sometimes i think about like there are people every day that take medicine prescribed by me and there's about 450 of them <laughs> it kind of like freaks me out a little oh, i've never actually really thought about that like i've taken this week off i was out of town this week so i haven't been to work in about 10 days but like there are hundreds of people that are still taking my medicine even when i'm clocked out and it's your fun. name's on a bottle I'm and they're, ev- and they're everywhere <laughs> several bottles have you gotten have you gotten phone calls from police that uh your name's on this bottle that this person's trying to sell i have never have you oh yeah oh my yeah gosh. no this kid was was selling his adderall oh right yeah yeah that'll happen yeah that's a fun phone call <laughs> when the cops get involved yeah well never you're like fun. well i told them to do it the correct way yes <laughs> How are the MPs viewed where you work and in your environment? As very useful parts of the team, but sometimes it a little bit feels like get the job done. We'll ignore you if you do your job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not that I feel neglected per se, but sometimes it just just does feel like I'm there to see as many people as I can. (laughs) You are the worker bees. Yes. Right. Right. So, and I think that's really important for everybody to know their value to an organization Mm -hmm. like that. You were extraordinarily important to keeping the doors open and to the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And you see lots and lots of people and generate lots and Mm -hmm. lots of revenue. And sometimes it feels like they're just whipping you to row faster. It does feel like that sometimes. Sometimes. But I think recognizing how important that you are and letting them know those things sometimes I think is really important. Well, and it, it too, I think if anyone's looking for a job, go there, meet the people, trust your gut because it sometimes is about the team that makes you feel valued or the yeah. people you surround yourself with. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be on a good team if you yeah. have the chance to. So... One of the things that I really liked about community practice was very easy access to other providers and collaborating physicians. Mm -hmm. I never felt alone. I Mm -hmm. never felt like I was out by myself. Mm -hmm. I could always walk down the hall. I could always shoot an instant message. Yes, the messaging is great. Yeah, or an email to someone. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a really great thing about community practice. Very nice. You know, I worked with Actually, the two colleagues of mine, one MD, one NP, are both men in their late 50s, early 60s at this point. And so they have a lot more experience than me. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'd be in the middle of an appointment messaging them like, how high do you go on Prozac? Okay, cool. Thanks. And like the client has no idea because I'm I'm typing, I'm charting. Yes. But sometimes I'm messaging. Sometimes I'm on Dr. Google Mm -hmm. or, you know. Like looking (laughs) everything up and that's okay. Yes. Sometimes people idolize their prescribers or their physicians and you kind of gets a little humbling. Mm-hmm. Like I have people coming in asking me about their primary care medicines. And I, I like to keep that boundary too of, sure. you know, I didn't prescribe that. Maybe you should call them. Mm-hmm. But if they ask, Hey, does this interact with my psychiatric medicine? I can't memorize every medicine in the world. Hippocrates is going to tell Hippocrates me. Hippocrates did though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes I'm on Google, I'm hopping on there. So that also has made me not feel alone just yeah. with the accessibility of internet resources. Yeah. That's been a really ongoing theme for people. And I think even now, and I look up interactions all the time because you can't know every single totally. one Totally. Oh, and also sometimes you've given a, a oh my gosh, propranolol is going to do it. They have social anxiety. Yes, yes, yes. And then mm-hmm. they're like, but what about my cardiac medicines? And I'm like, never mind. We can't do that. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> Just that kidding. The, yeah, I did that the other day. I was like, oh yeah, you can't do well butrin because you have an eating disorder. Like, right. We can, and like, but like that was going to solve all the problems. Yeah. Oh yeah. How many times has that happened? Urgh. And 
what I've learned is don't apologize. Don't say, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot. Just say, well, that won't work. Next yeah, thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Give that air of confidence. Yes, yes. So it's a learned practice. People do, and idolize is, I think, a really good word. They really respect letters after names. Yes. And Especially if, I mean, any letters. Yeah. But being in that position, people are very much okay with you looking things up, asking questions. Mm -hmm. That's been just kind of an ongoing theme. Everyone I've talked to has said the same thing. Like, yes. surround yourself with people and yeah. ask questions because you can't know everything and it's okay to Absolutely. ask questions. And I always love, not the excuse, but the assurance to people of, I am a specialist. Mm -hmm. I do not know everything. I know a lot about psychiatry and I continue to learn about psychiatry, but I'm not going to be able to answer your questions about, you know, your knee, your knee pain or yeah. all this stuff. I, I'm, I'm in my little box. I got to mm -hmm. stay here. Yeah. What is this rash? I don't know. It looks red and bumpy and itchy. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> it's not SJS. And so I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, absolutely. Please go be seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's a, a really great point. So given how this job can be and take a lot out of you. How do you unwind? How do you practice self-care? How do you not bring people home? We talked a little bit about that, but how do you kind of ongoing take care of yourself? Yes, this I think this is a two-parter. One we've talked about a lot is just remembering your what you can do and mm -hmm. that you can't at 10 p.m. laying in bed make any changes to the prescribing you've done. You know, yeah. that boundary is great. That's been a lot, big self-care lesson for me. Another thing is just find things you enjoy and get it in your routine. I am a new mom. I have a six month old and I decided 30 to 32 hours was right for me. Mm -hmm. So that feels like self-care is, is reducing my hours. And I love cooking and I buy expensive candles and I just make sure that I put things routinely that I like doing. Yeah. And also professionally wise, get yourself an awesome mentor like Matt Schroer for me. <laughs> that you can talk to, that you can unwind with, because spouses, family is all great. They don't really necessarily understand the ins and outs of the position. Mm -hmm. So find yourself some people, professional friends you can talk with. Yeah. That's been a big help. People in your cohort, people yes. where you work with, mm -hmm. people who have, have been doing this a while, because there's just wisdom to be gleaned from those people. And I can tell my husband night and day what, what my day has been like. And he is so empathetic and understanding. Mm. He's not been through it. Yeah. And you don't have to be through it, go, have gone through it to really understand. But it is nice when you have friends, colleagues that yeah. get it. Th that can, you can take a deep breath and be like, mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. I had one of those days too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And my wife is awesome and amazing. And sometimes she sees more more mental health problems than totally. I do in her job. Totally. But it's a, yeah, it's nice having those people that you can connect with mm -hmm. to be able to just talk shop with yeah. and know that you're not alone. Yes. It's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Um, all right. So now the fun part talking Goody. about music because you are very musical. Oh yes. And you're a wonderful singer. <laughs> I, knew, I knew this about you. <laughs> I do enjoy singing a lot. Yes. Yes. Um, we're going to have a karaoke party. And, Sign me up. Yes, and Elizabeth <laughs> and her husband are coming over. And, and her, her future singing baby, I'm certain. <laughs> She's gurgling right now. She's yeah. getting her vocals all, all warmed up. <laughs> so tell me about when you think about music, what do you, what makes you think of this field? What helps you to unwind? What just makes you happy? That kind of stuff. Gosh, the music that's made me think of this field made me I, that one's a hard one I don't know because I'm a nerd and I love music theater and I love specific artists like Lizzo like things like that just pump you up yeah if you're feeling like you need to be uplifted I have a few artists yes. Lizzo I love Jason Derulo it's a 
very weird obsession of mine. Okay. Sometimes I'll put on his best hits. Okay. Unwind. Sometimes I just put on some Americana music. Okay. It's just it's soothing, calming. Makes it reminds me of the field. Yeah. Where you want to be that safe space for people, just to to help them unload. Because so many mm. times. People come in with anxiety disorders. Goodness. Yes. Even if it's primary bipolar, primary other things, everyone will say they have anxiety. Yes. Every single person. Yes. So that helps me unwind, makes me think of the field. And Lizzo's incredible. Yeah. She's, God, I wish I had a millionth of her talent. I, and confidence and just the way she's changing the world. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. So I don't know. That one, I, I do love music. You'll, I love a big variety of music. Because like, I'm appreci- going to belt out some Rodgers and Hammerstein and Steven Sondheim. Well, that's sure. what I was going to say. You'll appreciate it. <laughs> we were almost late taking Owen to school this morning because he was watching the Cell Block Tango. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And he was That's like, my boy. He's like, I don't know if I can sing that at school. I was like, you probably shouldn't sing that at yeah, school. Yeah. That... <laughs> when he was in kindergarten. <laughs> That's cool. He, he was. <laughs> what grade is he in? He's in second grade now. Yes. But when he was in oh kindergarten, he, would, he went to school and we got an email from the teacher and she's saying, Owen's not in trouble. And I love this about him, but he was <laughs> singing the Book of Mormon at school. Man. And if you've seen the Book of Mormon, it there's a lot of really inappropriate things. And I promise you, please don't call like CPS on me. We were not playing the the bad songs or of any of those not. sorts of things of for him. Not. So he, he has an interest. I know yes. Owen. He's got an interest in music. Yes. My wife's family lives in Orlando mm-hmm. and we think it's hilarious when they're in Orlando. I saw I... that show in Orlando. Did you? Oh yeah. And oh. it was their first night. And then when he goes, Orlando <laughs> the whole entire audience was like standing ovation. That's amazing. So he was singing that part and she was cracking up because she knew the Book of Mormon and, and emailed us. And I love that Owen, Owen knows the Book of Mormon. Here's a few songs he can't sing from yes. that musical that yes. he actually doesn't know because Matt and Jody did not let him listen to it. No, we did, we did not. We did not let him hear the whole soundtrack. But yes, we, we're a musical theater family and at home. that really helps me unwind. And this is not really per se reminds me of the practice, but it helps me keep that separation because as I mentioned, that's a passion of mine. That's something I really like. Mm-hmm. And it's nice when your field is so specific. All of us doing psychiatry is a specific little niche in the world. To have those things that we like that we still keep in our lives. Like, I do a choir once a week. It's fun. It's it's just something for me to do me. Yeah. That's so, yeah, awesome. Music theater is pretty constant. As well as Disney. Even though I only have a six-month-old, we, we say it's for her. But it's really for us. <laughs> I love your obsession with Disney. It's really my husband's obsession with Disney that I've joined. It's it's adorable. And <laughs> you know, we actually met there. That but I do know that. Yeah. I do know that. Yeah. Well, so you were a cast member. I sure was. Yeah. yeah. That was post college, pre graduate school. What am I doing with my life? That's where I applied to all my programs <laughs> when I was working there in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And remind me what you did at Disney. I worked in Epcot at the ride called Living with the Land. And if no one's been to Epcot, it's you should try it. It is a 17 minute long boat ride. Really? For reference, some of the roller coasters are about 45 seconds long. <laughs> so this is a long one. <laughs> so is it just, is it kind of boats just going through? Yes. Like a small world kind of thing? This is constant rotation of Yes, but it goes boats? through a garden. Okay. Yeah. It's nice and relaxing. I mean, Epcot's really kind of for older people. Yes. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You got to bring the iPad for kids. <laughs> you do. You do. It's It's... What was his name? Experimental? Prototype Community of Tomorrow. And that's it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew you'd know that. Mm, you had course. to know that. I had to. It was part of my training. It was tattooed <laughs> yeah, on, basically. on your hand. Yep. Yeah. That's really, really awesome. But yeah, get things in your life you enjoy. Yeah. And, and 
making time for you. Mm -hmm. If you work all the time, if you're constantly thinking about work, you're not Mm -hmm. any good for anyone else. I do enjoy that about this field, about any medical field. Maybe not surgeons who are on call constantly or maybe midwives who are on call. Love midwives. Thank you for what you do. You kind of just log off and you're off. Yeah. It's nice. That is one of the nice things about community practice where a lot of times there's so many people that you don't ever have to be on call. No. That's really kind of nice. Where I work now, we sort of rotate call. I don't because I'm part-time. Sure. The full-time people rotate call. So thank you, full-time people, for taking call. That's great <laughs> of you. But my friend did used to work with you, and it, it seemed very manageable. Yeah, yeah. I, I've covered for call, and I got, I would, in a week, get one call or something. So it's, it. it's not bad. But it is really nice to be able to go home and just completely disconnect. Yeah. And be done. So you all who were students and feel like, oh my gosh, I never get to turn my brain off. You do at some point. Oh it's my gosh. coming. Being a student so hard, you're all amazing. Yeah. You Ooh. you will, <laughs> for several months after this, you will wake up in the middle of the night, I have to do a paper. I don't have to do a paper. Oh, thank God I don't have to do a paper. Oh, yeah. Or for me, slept in for like two months being like, I, why can't I wake up early? Well, because I'm, I'm de-stressed in a bit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All of my muscles are completely unwinding. Yes. Yeah. So take care of you. It's so important for mm-hmm. you to be the best version of yourself for the patients that you see mm-hmm. and however you do that. Why I've brought up music so much is because music's just a huge part of my life. Yeah. And I love playing guitar and I love yes. listening to music and... We nerd out over musical theater and the we, we watched Hamilton again, you know, a few weeks ago at home because it's incredible, like absolutely incredible. So good, yeah. Uh, the one song I thought of that did remind me of the field, because I've kind of just talked about music that I like, is Help by the Beatles. Because, you know, yes. everyone that comes to you is looking for help and you're mm-hmm. you're that space for them. That made me I think need of the somebody. Field. Mm-hmm. I need somebody. And guess what? You're that body. Yeah. Even if you can't think of... The long-term solution, you know, it's step-by-step step and you're there with them. It's it's an honoring place to be. It is. It is. It's, it's really humbling mm-hmm. that the work that we get to do mm-hmm. with people every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth, you are wonderful. Well, you're wonderful. I'm so glad to see you. Absolutely. Finally. Yes. I'm so wonderful. I'm so excited of your career and the person that you are oh, and the you. provider that you are and how lucky people are. That they get to have you as their provider. I'm very blessed with my amazing community, and you have definitely been my mentor and friend through all this, and it's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Back at you. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yes. And this is a career that has space for lots of different types of personalities. It does. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can be really extroverted. You can be really introverted. Mm -hmm. You could be really analytical or, you know, kind of like me, sort of fly by the seat of your pants. and figure it out as you go. Totally. Yeah. And so there's room for all of us and we're all on the same team and we're all working for the same goals. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth, thank you for doing this. You're welcome. I'm so appreciative. Yes. And we're going to hang out tomorrow night. I know it. Yes. Maybe me and Owen can do some musical theater. He he will (laughs) definitely um, take you up on that for sure. I love it. He's the best. If he and your husband don't just play video games. Yeah, that is probably what's going to (laughs) happen. Probably. Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.